You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 19 of Podcast PXN. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, aka Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. Sean, we have brand new shirts, if anyone can't see us right now in the uh, live show. We're kind of hunched so, over, so it's hard to see. I mean, podcast PXN We should try an episode where we just do ASMR podcasts. Like, uh, You're listening to podcast PXN. I don't, I don't think I could do that, to be honest. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you could either, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone watching live and participating in the live chat for coming out to the show. Uh, just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there. The show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. You said you weren't going to look at it. You said you had it memorized I, today. I, I did, but then were... <laughs> the pressure got to me. So the, the, It's the, not having the phone today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The first item we have is Spellbreak, which is a new Battle Royale game, is coming to PS4 in spring 2020. And uh, this first set of news stories that we have uh, are going to be from the State of Play event that Sony had just a few days ago. And uh, just to break this down, we're going to have a ton of news stories, and then we're going to have the topic of the show, which is the Game Awards predictions. Uh, We're not going to have a top five today because there's a lot to get to. So this Spellbreak game looks kind of interesting. It kind of looks like a mix between Fortnite and like a melee battle uh, arena type thing. The art direction got me interested based upon like it looked obviously uh, that cel-shaded like Breath of the Wild, Wild, but I I guess a little bit more cartoony. Um, I like kind of the smoke graphics. It looked very physical play yeah. and i'm down to try like i don't know if it's free to play they haven't really announced anything with it besides just that trailer yeah um but i'm curious if it's like a free to play thing because it might be something i'll check out i checked out dauntless yeah wasn't huge into it um i see the appeal of that stuff but it also seemed in my mind predatory when it came to if i didn't have these certain weapons i was gonna just keep grinding and grinding and grinding and um Jeez, siri? what did siri think about this siri what the heck <laughs> that's copyrighted right, that's literally middle of the show siri decided to interrupt so. uh but like apex always like i've always praised that how it did did their microtransaction so it doesn't feel predatory um it just looked like a really interesting take on the battle royale genre mm-hmm I also don't think there's any room for any more, personally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens with it. Especially with the number of players that Battle Royales uh, demand, you have to have a big player base in order for Battle Royales to kind of work because you have 100-some players and yeah. a match at any given time. Now, obviously, certain games have tailored it to their needs, so Apex is 60. True. Um, I believe uh, Black Ops or Blackout is 50. Uh, it's actually a hundred. It's a hundred now. Okay. They upped it. it. It started at I think like seventy something, seventy-two okay. maybe, but they upped it since then. Okay, so but like to start out with, it was small. So it's just yeah. it's tough to imagine another, I guess, game coming into this whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and trying to get audience away from it. But it'd be yeah. with something I'd be willing to check out. It did look very interesting. Sure. Uh, next from the State of Play event, we have Dreams finally has a release date of February 14th, 2020. Now, the crazy thing about this is 
they announced this at uh, the PS4 reveal event, which was seven years ago on when it comes to this release date. On so in February, well, they didn't announce the game. They showed off what the game was doing. Yes, without but, us telling about but it. But yes, yes, they essentially they showed the game. Yeah. Yes. So seven years, we finally get Dreams fully released. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, unfortunately, I hate to say this. Yeah. It, this game was a make or break for uh, Media Molecule, and I think it's going to be a break, which is sad because I think Media Molecule is one of the most creative teams out there with what they do. I just don't think the people clamoring to create their own worlds is as high in demand as they believe. And I think that is part of the reason why it got massively delayed from at least our expectations of it, because everybody was complaining, well, I don't want to create the content. I just want to play the content. So, I mean, if we start seeing that there is a hefty amount there to start with, I think you're going to see probably good numbers, but I'm also very skeptical of the whole thing. Uh, I don't personally, I don't think it's a make or break game for media molecule. I think they have enough, uh, kind of gravitas with PlayStation at this point that if for whatever reason, if dreams is a considered a failure, however, they consider it a failure. If that happens, I think that Sony would be willing to say, Hey, you guys make one more game and make, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Make a game. Don't (laughs) make a creation tool, but I definitely think that Dreams can be interesting. It's it's going to be kind of what it can do uh, as far as making content creators interested in making stuff for I it. I won't lie, seeing some of the stuff that they were kind of showcasing, yeah, it looked pretty interesting. Yeah, but you're mashing a whole bunch of stuff all together in one essential disc. I, obviously, it doesn't have to just be a disc, but you're shoving that all in there, and. There's always that whole jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. So like, say you want to play a racing game mm-hmm. on that, and I want to pl- want to play a platformer. Yeah. Okay, we'll make this out of a ten scale. Say they're both sevens out of tens. Okay, Forza comes out. You're gonna play Forza. Yeah. Hey, Mo- the new Mario comes out. I'm gonna play Mario because both of those do those two things better. Right. So that that's my only issue with it is that is it going to be masterful in certain areas? True. Um, but it does look actually a little bit more interesting than I was giving it credit for to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if this is the media molecule game that I will invest in. Yep. It's gonna as, in the end, it's gonna come down to the content. Yeah. My only question is: Is this now going to maybe instead of media molecule, is it going to be almost a rare type situation at the moment where it's an investment for them? So Sea of Thieves is an investment for rare. It, we talked about this, I think, like two or three weeks ago, about how it launched super light with content, and that was pretty much its main criticism. Yes, was light on content, but obviously it's it's garnered so much fan attention and media reaction to how well they've invested it, into it by now. Are they gonna? Is Media Molecule gonna be able to do the same thing and have a growing community? And maybe that's the angle that Media Molecule's taking is that they wanted to create dreams, so then they create games with dreams so maybe that's what their angle that'd is. be kind of cool yeah so, like you download like hey we created exactly. this game inside of it like, kind of like mario maker 2 yeah. has custom nintendo levels that they created themselves maybe it's the same type of situation for them yeah that'd be kind of cool because obviously yeah. i know the alpha's been out for a while now yeah uh so who knows i mean it'd be it's it'd be very interesting to take because that would in my mind be two playstation exclusives in a row mm-hmm. that are controversial and launching if it doesn't go super well now i get it death training is getting a lot of praise but it's also getting 
equal praise as it is criticism. Yeah. And I could see dreams being in that same boat. So it's like mm-hmm. they're taking risks. Yep. Some paying off, some aren't. Yep. We'll see. Next, we have again from the State of Play event. Uh, Super Liminal is coming to PlayStation Four. So I don't really know a whole lot about this game. Uh, I know we watched a little snippet of it before. Um, it looks like first off, this should be a PS VR game. Like I, I don't know how it's not, or if it's gonna get added later or something like that. Yeah. But watch the video of it. It looked trippy as hell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all about um, perspective, basically, and how your perspective can change on certain things. Like the first thing we see is them picking up a dual dual shock controller, mm-hmm. and like it's regular dual shock that you'd see in a first person. You kind of just like when you're in first person just showing it to the wall then you just drop it and you see like holy crap yeah it just went huge so i think that would be such a cool experience in Mm -hmm. vr i don't know if it's something i honestly i would go into without it being in vr and it has a lot of puzzles like based on perspective so vr would make sense for something like that but obviously they didn't announce it for vr so that's that's, and they announced the different game that did not look like anything up our alley uh paper beasts for psvr and I, I feel like that's a missed opportunity to have that as the VR game, uh, my opinion. Um, so next one that we have is uh, Predator Hunting Grounds. Uh, got a release date, uh, April 24th of 2020. Uh, so this is the game that was made uh, by the uh, team that made uh, Friday the 13th game. Um, I can't exactly remember. Daniel, unfortunately, had to take a call real quick i'm sure it's his life insurance telling him it ran out uh that's that's for you later daniel when you listen to this um so predator hunting grounds it looks very much in the vein of that teams too so you choose between looks like one to three predators maybe more is going to be added on almost just like the jason stuff um so you play as a predator and then it looks like a team of at least four from what i could tell of essentially human characters that look military-esque are essentially trying to find you or complete a mission. I didn't really get any sense on what exactly they were doing with that stuff, Um, but it looked like they were still trying to do something, either find the Predator itself or be completing something. But you will get that option then to play as the Predator and hunt them down. And in my personal opinion, you seem... Way too OP for anybody to not want to be the Predator. I don't know how you don't just want to say, hey, I am actually the Predator. I don't want to be anybody else. Same thing that happened when it came to Friday the 13th. You obviously only wanted to play as Jason. You didn't want to play as the uh, human characters or teenagers that were just basically running away. My only hope, I guess, is really that this doesn't become as jokingly buggy as uh friday the turn 13th did people gave it like a lot of credit and love for it being kind of janky and that was kind of the charm of it um i kind of disagree i think it's funny but i i don't want a game that's essentially broken so i'm hoping that that's not something that we're gonna see with this team yeah or this game i think the the interesting thing with this game is is friday the 13th it shipped so broken but yet that game was so fun to play. Like it was, it was very janky, and the developer acknowledged that it was janky. But when it worked, it was a lot of fun, and the premise was a lot of fun. So I have hopes for Predator, 
um, predators hunting grounds. But like you said, I, I kind of worry what about I that. I kind of worry about that <laughs> that experience of the humans versus the predator. The predator is probably going to be a lot of fun, but the humans, who, who knows if that's going to actually be fun to play. Yeah, with. it's we actually were speculating this uh, like across like how the four v one died very quickly. Everyone thought it was going to be this new genre that came out of Evolve and Evolve tanked to the point where it ended up becoming free to play. Yeah. Um, now it's I think. If I remember right, it sold initially pretty well, but it did yeah. not have a longevity that they were anticipating. Not at all. Because again, everyone had a lot of fun being the one, mm-hmm. not being the four. Yeah. So it's it's just I don't know that dichotomy does not work that well, especially when there's not a fair rotation. And yeah. when you, I witnessed you play on Friday the Thirteenth, I did not see a fair rotation going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire time you were the human, but every time you would select that you want to be Jason. Yeah, uh, it's kind of, it's supposed to be random, but sometimes, like, host uh, gets it more often than, like, the players, and I feel like that's just kind of something that they need to just tweak and figure out. Um, It is a a little bit random, but, yeah, there are those times where sometimes someone gets it multiple times in a row, and you're like, what the heck? Like, this person hasn't had it at all. So I definitely understand that completely. And I Um, guess you need a multiplayer game to take your mind off of cyberpunk at that point that's true yeah that april is just absolutely insane as we'll talk about here in a little bit from another game that was announced uh april has turned into an insane month uh so next from state of uh play we have babylon's fall for playstation 4 and pc uh was shown off with more news coming in summer 2020 so like you said this was like like a bayonetta style and i i said it looked like dmc it's kind of like a, a mix and mash between the two it looks very much like a hack and slash action game definitely up of both of our alleys uh so definitely looked very interesting yeah the combos and kind of the overall gravitas of the enemies is what gave me more bayonetta vibes yeah. because bayonetta is obviously kind of like long and lanky and petite in frame and these enemies like the angels and stuff like that were always so masterfully done and gigantic and all this and devil may cry they seem more humanoid than anything like kind of your level so that's why it gave me more bayonetta vibes but it did look actually very pretty i like the boss fight that they were showing off too um i i like it when enemies are larger in scale to you because you're just like okay how am i gonna attack this what's the best way um but it uh looked really cool it's square enix yep um but it does really give a platinum vibe um but it looked really cool i'm actually kind of more in the mindset of i think i'm trusting square enix more and more these days with non-rpg games uh they handled the for the most part the tomb raider license very well Hitman, uh, at least publishing it, I think getting that back into the um, threshold, and also being, hey, take the franchise, you're fine. Well, I thought that was a very good PR move for them. Except Hitman, they sold IO Interactive and the Hitman IP to IO. Yeah, but I mean, like, they didn't, it's not like they said, hey, you can go, but yeah. we're keeping the IP. Well, no, they, they gave IO the IP as well. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. Oh. They didn't keep it themselves. Oh, I got Where, gotcha. like, some companies you. would do that, I where it's like, hey, you're, we're getting rid of you. But Hold it hostage. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, and then you have like another midway on your hand type deal. Oh, yeah. But it, lo- it looked interesting. It's, I think it's something I want to kind of keep an eye on. Yep. Cool. 
Uh, so this next one is obviously a huge one for me. I know you still haven't played uh, the one before this one. But anyways, Resident Evil 3 Remake shown off at State of Play. So the interesting thing with uh, the Resident Evil 3 Remake is that it comes with Resident Evil Resistance, which is that 4v1 uh, kind of um, cooperative shooter experience, or not shooter, but survival experience. So... That's very cool because I was kind of, before I was like, Resistance looks interesting, but I probably won't pick it up just because, you know, it's it's 4v1. It's not really... Well, not multiplayer really, uh, Resident, Evil. Resident Evil has uh, not exactly had a yeah. good uh, history. Operation Raccoon City, awful. Uh, but no, this is included with Resident Evil 3 campaign remake, so that is awesome. The game looks amazing. It, lo it looks like it's being used in the Resident Evil 2 remake engine, which is perfect. That's exactly what we predicted. However, one week ago, I said... I know. How I, awesome is that? And I quote, <laughs> I said it would be 2021 that it would be released <laughs> because I'm thinking two-year dev cycle... Well, this is actually coming April 3rd, 2020, and uh, it's coming from a former uh, Platinum CEO who actually is uh, in control of a, another studio that actually is... Yeah, uh, and he has a bunch of like old-time Capcom people and Platinum yeah. people working for him. And I can't remember what the studio's name is. Yeah, I can't either, but the interesting thing as well is that uh, the Resident Evil 3 remake is uh, something... I feel like not a lot of people can appreciate as much. Like, we always hear about Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil... Like, the newer ones we know. Resident Evil 3, I haven't even played before, so I am very, very stoked to actually uh, get down and play this game. So, uh, the other thing, they said it's been in development for a long time. So, this is a different developer than the Resident Evil 2 remake. Which is what I was thinking. I was thinking that that team was going to make the Resident Evil Three rem remake, but that's why it's out so quick because it's a well. And if team. I remember right, the rumors were reported years ago about the remakes coming yep. and that they were coming very close together. Yeah. Um, I am obviously very excited to play two. Um, I'm hoping to on Christmas. Yeah. Um, but three is probably one of my favorites. As I, I think I even mentioned last show. Um, it looked gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I have a little problem with how Jill Valentine looks, but that's only because I'm going like purist, that type of bull crap. But I'm still, no matter what, on board for it because Nemesis just gives you nightmares, man. I mean, I said to Daniel, if you thought Mr. X was bad, oh, it's, was. It, Nemesis is just menacing oh. uh, with how it, it's not just in certain locations. It's every location. He just pops up. Everywhere? <laughs> Everywhere. Even save rooms? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No. Yeah. Oh, you're not God. you're not safe from Nemesis at all. That's so awful. I, I just I I'm so happy, one, to be right that I said it was coming next year. Yeah. Uh but two that actually this is this is happening. Um don't be freaked out by the trailer. I know Daniel was at the, uh, at the beginning of it because it is shot in a first person uh, perspective. Yeah. Um, and obviously we talked about how they toiled with that in Resident Evil Seven, but it they did show gameplay uh, footage afterwards, and it is third person, just yep. like the rest of them have been for the most part. Yep. Uh, but I am hundred percent on board with this. Um, as Bart Scott would say, can't wait. It's one of my most anticipated games next year already because of just how good Resident Evil 2 Remake is. It is now, for me, not even playing Resident Evil 2 yeah. just because of how much I love that game as a kid. Yep.
So our last news story from Sony State of Play event is that Ghost of Tsushima trailer. So that was a super short trailer. Uh, they were kind of just setting like the mood piece essentially for the Game Awards. So the Game Awards is going to have the full trailer uh, being shown off. Uh, I think we have some speculation about that full trailer and what it's going to entail in our predictions that we'll talk about later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the game still looks gorgeous, uh, obviously. Uh, but they again, we still don't know if it's an engine. We, yeah. we, we have no idea on that still. They, they didn't show gameplay yeah. or anything like that. But I mean, I, I, for the most part, think Sucker Punch has earned our trust and curiosity when it comes Agreed. to their games. Yeah. Um, they have obviously they did a wonderful job with Sly Cooper series and the uh, infamous series, so it's just interesting to see what happens. Um, Sad to say, though, it's only two games in this generation, but I guess that's kind of the norm now for first-party studios for the most part. True. Is two in a generation. I mean, 343 had Halo 5, and and that was yeah. it. That was their only game this gen. Naughty Dog had Uncharted. Well, they'll get Last of Us. and I get, Well, yeah. technically, they had a secondary team working on, um, what was it, the, what was the, Lost Journey? No. Um, Lost, Lost Legacy. Lost Legacy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So... That was a very good state of play event, I feel like. It, it wasn't was... that bad. I mean, I won't lie, I did not care. And you and I both said this about Goose Game opening up, being released on December 17th. No. Goose Game's never introduced me, or sorry, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. It just looks too weird for me. Um, but for the most part, I thought so. It's, it was their last one for 2019. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what the success rate that they've seen through this whole thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's two years in a row where they didn't do a PlayStation event. Um, when Xbox actually has done their event. Uh, We're gearing up for probably the biggest year in gaming since 2013, essentially, with whatever's going to be shown. Um, I mean, I think both of them are... I think Xbox might even transition uh, to more something like this on a regular basis, too. I know they have their um, Xbox... What's it called again? When they do their video events? Uh, Their Inside Xbox. Inside Xbox. I can see them... Almost going back and forth month to month, you get a month of state of play, month of inside Xbox, because they're going to want to try to control the narrative of each of their consoles from here on out mm-hmm. to get everyone hyped. Because yeah. in my personal opinion, I think there's more confusion going into this generation than there ever was going into any other generation. Agreed. I mean, there's a lot of consumers out there that are so used to not being able to play your games after you get a new console that obviously we know you're going to be able to play it from both perspectives so i mean just selling that why do you need that console if you can play those games yep i think the biggest sufferer from next gen coming is uh nintendo it is because once these games start coming on scarlet and playstation 5 developers are going to have a much more difficult time porting their games to switch because of the power difference it is significant um so that that will be interesting to see how long it takes Nintendo to create a new, more powerful Switch or whatever their next console is, depending it, on... Yeah, that'll be... Because, so, uh, actually, Nintendo, we didn't put this on the news, but they were touting their success from uh, Thanksgiving week on how they sold... It was their biggest, I think, week launch in U.S. or week sales. I think it was, like, over 780,000 right. uh, sales, which... Seems very low considering that uh, PlayStation just on Black Friday did over a million. Um, but you also have to realize that uh, Switch was the 
most expensive console oh, yeah. during Black Friday. Xbox One S was 150. Yep. Um, Sony PlayStation was uh, with three incredible games was 200. Yep. Like so, those consoles that everyone plays on were super cheap, and Nintendo's wasn't. But I still completely agree with you. I think it's going to be an uphill battle when it comes to third parties. If yep. EA wasn't supporting them before, they're not going to start now. Yeah. And even when EA was supporting them, like FIFA, the newest FIFA, it's actually the exact Exact same same. game as the previous game, which is crazy. Stupidest thing in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So next we have Final Fantasy VII. So there was some box art that revealed that the the game is actually only a timed exclusive on PlayStation 4. So the timed exclusivity is only through March 3rd of 2021. So if I remember right, nothing has been confirmed by either Square Enix or Sony. Correct. This is all based on a leak. On a leak of um, the box. Art. Yes, but for the most part, everything about this seems very legitimate. It lines up. And honestly, a lot of people were assuming this was going to happen anyways because neither party has ever said that this was an exclusive or a timed exclusive. They just said it's coming to PlayStation. And they've That's been, all they've said. And they've been very cagey about that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's fantastic i'm one i'm happy that the game's coming out you know it's one of my most anticipated titles of next year um my only thing is that this this keeps falling in line with square enix's missteps with missing the xbox market yeah um because we, we talked about kingdom hearts i believe two weeks ago um after all the um the xo uh, 19 news that came out about all the final fantasies all the kingdom hearts and all that stuff they're just, and I get it. They're they're second as far as the consoles, True. but you're still missing a decent amount of fan base when it comes to that. Why not just show all the exclusive stuff on the Sony stage, market as that, just like Destiny is, but still not launch anymore. it on there. Well, I know, but still, yeah. but still launch it on there. Like I, I don't, I don't get it in yeah. that sense. I mean, I, I still think it's great that it is coming, but. What does that mean? Does that mean the part one of Final Fantasy VII is going to be coming to Xbox in 2021? Mm. Or how does this whole thing shake out? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's a little confusing, but I am glad it's happening. Agreed. Uh, well, I say agreed, but I probably won't play the I know. Yeah, so. I know it's not going to be I mean, something that you do. Well, you said that about the Final Fantasies, yeah. but you understand that there are people that oh. would like to experience those that never yeah. have had a chance. Definitely. There's millions of people that want to play this, especially yeah. on all the platforms. So, uh, yeah. That's... That's awesome for them. More people that play it is better for that franchise. Was that so. a transition? What? Was that a transition? Was that a transition? Would you just say more people playing that game is better for the franchise? Yeah, I was just kind of leading into my next story, <laughs> which is MLB The Show is becoming a multi-platform game by 2021. So this is interesting because Sony San Diego, yes, Sony San Diego it develops for Whale's Vagina. Yeah. What? What? Anchorman. Oh, okay. Gotcha. San Diego. But Sony San Diego, a PlayStation-owned studio, is going to make MLB The Show a multi-platform game. That is absolutely insane to me. I never expected to utter those words, but this is phenomenal news because this means Xbox players and possibly even Switch players, based on what Nintendo was tweeting out, Nintendo retweeted the story from uh, PlayStation that this game is coming to other platforms. They didn't specifically say Xbox, Nintendo, PC, whatever, but they said other platforms. So you can only uh, assume that that means Xbox, uh, Nintendo, and 
PC joining PlayStation as well, which would be minimal PC. Minimal. Minimal. minimal, But the fact they said platforms makes me think Xbox as well. So it's it's very interesting how companies, I think, um, specifically Xbox and PlayStation, I think are are looking at a bigger picture when it comes to their first-party studios now. Mm -hmm. Um, They're looking at them not so much as platform exclusives, but as... um, platform developers so they're developing for that initial platform to get their name out and then they're porting it to get more sales elsewhere now minecraft is the perfect example of that that microsoft could have easily taken that away from everybody and just put it on there the only difference is is minecraft was already there and and taking that away from people would have a much more negative true reaction. but they could they could have stopped doing the updates and they right. could have just updated that true uh, i mean cuphead was a uh, produced, um, not pro- I shouldn't overemphasize produced, produced yeah. <laughs> um, game by Microsoft um, that was on their platform that then they launched on the Switch. Right. So they're recognizing, I think, both these companies now the money that they can get from this because let's not. There's only one MLB game. Yeah. I know you were joking about RBI baseball earlier with me. Yeah. No one's buying that no, if they don't have no. to. <laughs> uh, so my question is: Is there is there going to be another PlayStation exclusive that goes multi-platform? I think this is kind of like a one-off special. Scenario. I do too, but I think they're both testing the waters on certain ones. I think you can have a certain franchise do that type of stuff, especially when you're the only sports franchise. This is yeah. the only baseball game. So my question is: Spider-Man, with how big of an IP that is. What are the chances they make that multi-platform? I get that it's a big exclusive, but you also think of it in terms of Sony has the licensing to it, so they're going to want to make as much money on that as they possibly can. Spider-Man's one of the only IPs that they own from Marvel, so why not necessarily distribute that to other platforms and make i say so i say zero but this is why i don't say it's anything from sony's entertainment division yeah i or sorry at least gaming division i think it's solely from their entertainment that says no really because they want uh spider-man to be synonymous with sony because that's why they're so like there was all that issues with spider-man 3 um at least these new ones being in the Marvel Universe, not in the Marvel Universe, and it's because Sony, essentially, the movie division, wants to do their own thing. Yeah. I think the game division just wants to be able to make the game. I mean, they now own Insomniac. Right. Like, they just want to make that game because they loved, everyone loved playing that game. So, unfortunately, in my opinion, they don't have a say-so if that goes to any multi-platforms. I think that's Sony higher up as the company because let's not forget even same thing with microsoft even though these are big gaming companies that is not in the real world what they're known for yeah sony's electronics microsoft's computer-based stuff i was just trying to think of like what was the best chance because like you think of like uncharted and last of us and god of war all those characters are synonymous with sony and i get you were saying that spider-man synonymous with sony as well but they hadn't even made uh, Spider-Man games before this one. They they obviously Activision uh, produced all the other Spider-Man games. So I just was kind of thinking like Spider-Man's such a big character, and they've only created one game that's actually exclusive to it. That maybe 
possibly that would be one one option. But I do I don't think it's gonna happen either. But I mean I I think it would be a great thing to happen just so more people obviously could play it. Yeah. I just don't see it ever coming to fruition. Not from the Sony's games. It's sure. just. I, I, I hate to say it, but I, that power's above them. As successful as Sony is yeah. at this moment in games, they're still nowhere near what their, like, electronics does. I agree. Okay. Even though their division did carry them for a while. And <laughs> leading us into the next news story and talking about multi-platform, we have some Xbox Scarlet news. So there is... Scarlet or something else. Well, it's Scarlet. <laughs> the family of consoles is called Scarlet, but... Project Scarlet, there is rumors about uh, the actual specs for Project Scarlet. And the interesting thing is, is uh, it seems like they're trying to break up Scarlet into two different consoles. So a cheaper console and a more expensive console like the Xbox One X, uh, for instance. So what I think is going to happen is we're going to get like a 200 to 250 uh, 200 to, yeah, 200 to 250 dollar uh, lower end console called Lockhart, which will be a less powerful console uh, for Scarlet. That's the rumor. And this console is supposedly going to support around four teraflops of power of GPU power. So, to put that in comparison, the Xbox One X has six teraflops. So, it's a little bit more power. Uh, Lockhart's a little less powerful than the Xbox Between One. Between a X. One and an X. Exactly. More leaning towards the x because the one's very underpowered uh, but then their other version of the console is called the anaconda which is the more powerful version which is sort of like the x of scarlet generation which is going to be 12 teraflops of power which is three times that of lockhart and i'm speculating that's going to cost 500 dollars. that's just my conjecture. and at 500 dollars, that's still a huge loss for them too oh yeah i'm sure absolutely like, that honestly after thinking about that when you were like kind of telling me about it the other day yeah that got me even more nervous honestly mm. uh yeah. like i thought we were pretty safe on 500 yeah i don't think we're safe on 500 anymore per i personally i still think we're safe on 500 and I, I hope you're right. I many, really do. Many times, uh, obviously, we know this from the past, that many times console manufacturers take a loss initially just to get new consoles out there and get people to Nintendo's buy Nintendo's the only one that refuses to take a loss at the beginning. Exactly. And that's why they're always the underpowered Under, yep. console. Uh, but they're also saying that Anaconda will have 16 gigs of RAM, which is quite significant for a home console. For instance, the Xbox One X has 12 gigs of RAM, and they have been on record saying that for uh, for Scarlet Generation, that developers are going to be able to utilize RAM as like uh, more, or I'm sorry, use hard drive space, which is an SSD, as more RAM if needed. So like you essentially have as much RAM as you want, but that's kind of interesting as well they have a very high powered uh cpu spec'd out in the leak as well saying 3.5 gigahertz uh cpu power which is very significant for a console as well uh they're saying both lockhart and uh anaconda will both have that same cpu which makes sense because games in today's world uh requires a lot of ai stuff and ai is usually driven from cpu power so uh it'll definitely It'll be interesting to see if they're able to hit a good price point with this and how PlayStation 5 figures into this as well as far as price point and power as well. 
Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, the only thing that, I, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, I, I am not anticipating giant graphical leaps again um, because that's just, I just don't think we're in that realm anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not expecting that, but we are expecting giant leaps in systems. Yeah. So uh, this generation, we, we tried to classify it in our earlier episodes, but it's very hard, but like... Obviously, you have, like, your looter shooters, that type of stuff that happened. Your shared online universes. Um, Resogun came strong out of the gate, showing off, like, particle effects and how many things can go on in the screen. I really think this time around, we're going to be talking about AI systems mm-hmm. and what is going on in the background of your game that you never realize, but you it just that immersion makes it 10 times better. Yeah. So that, that's really what I think is, like, I know he spat it off, like, a bunch of numbers and stuff like that as far as like what it's going to be, but I think it's only going to help improve upon those performances that we're going to be experiencing. I think we'll have more uh, f- true 4K, so for instance, not checkerboarding and not up- up-resing and stuff like that. It's just going to be 4K and more, higher frame rates that are more stable, so like more 60 frames per second 4K games than necessarily 30 frames per second 4K. Because obviously there's a lot of games out there like you know, Witcher 3, for instance, runs in 4K on Xbox One X, but it only runs at 30 frames per second, which a lot of people would prefer a 60 frames per second experience. So it just 60 a, does have to be the standard next time. It, yes, it's just a more crisp experience, and I think that's going to be the biggest improvement for next generation, yeah. So, uh, as well as loading times with SSDs as well. So that kind of wraps that up. Uh, Next, we have Xbox has announced that the there was a monumental launch for Halo Reach in the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One and PC with over 3 million players during the launch week. 2.9 million of those players was each time Daniel logged in. That is not true. <laughs> that is 100% true. No, these are unique, <laughs> unique players. You have that many IDs. I know it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So this is awesome to see. I love seeing this. So obviously this shows that there's a big base of players that wanted to play Halo on PC and never really had the chance to play before. Obviously PC only has Halo Reach launched right now. So that's why the number for Halo is for Halo Reach and not for MCC in general. Uh, but this is very exciting for the future as they continue to add each game chronologically on PC. I hope that just continues to drive the numbers. Is up. the goal basically to finish out in 2020, like this following year with Halo Five? That's the last one that they put on there. Uh, Halo Five or is sorry, not um, in MCC. A- Halo Four. My Halo bad. Four. Yes, that will be the last game. That but will goes. it be this year? It'll be 2020. Okay, because I was yeah. just curious that they're lining it up to like basically coincide like every couple months they do it yeah. and then there's halo infinite exactly. right there for you okay that that is the plan obviously if they run into issues they ran into a lot of issues with halo reach uh getting it translated to pc as far as like input it's very different because halo reach obviously never launched on pc so you have to configure all that input stuff for keyboard and mouse so they had a lot of problems with that early on with halo reach and I anticipate them learning a lot from that, and I do think we will have all of the Halo games on PC by uh, Halo Infinite's launch next fall. So uh, that kind of wraps that up. We have one more Xbox story, and we're almost done with the news after that. Uh, We have Forza Horizon 4 has a new The Eliminator Battle Royale mode. So this actually looks kind of interesting. So this new mode actually uh, starts 
in the giant open world of the Forza Horizon 4 world. And I think it's like 70 some players that uh, start in the world. And essentially you have to go up to a player in the world and honk your horn in order to race them 1v1. You race them 1v1, the winner stays in, and then you continue on and on and on until there's only uh, however many left at the end. So the circle keeps collapsing in on the map and the last people left have to race for the winner. I think it's a super interesting take on the battle royale, traditional battle royale type of experience in Forza, and that's just crazy for me to think about because I never even thought of something like this for Forza. They're so. just trying to make it a platform. I mean, every game now has to have some sort of thing to drive you back to it. Yeah. Um, and I think the charm of DLC is gone. I, I think we talked about this last week about seasons, and I think this is how you continue to give your game lifeblood yeah. into it is you reinvigorate the crowd by getting some sort of mode or some reason to keep coming back to it. I agree completely. Uh, so that wraps up the Xbox news. We have Axiom Verge 2 has a new trailer that they announced. Uh, so I never played the first one. I don't know if you can. Kinda... I did. Yeah. So I love the first one. It's actually all made by one guy, uh, Tom uh, Happ. Uh, and he's making the second one again, too. All by himself again? All by himself. Um, now, I think he does do a little bit of crowdsourcing for the music, if I remember correctly. But, yes, he's the he did everything. Wow. Um, so, it's just, this was um, awesome and very surprising Metroidvania when it came out. Um, I actually played on the PS Vita uh, before, and it, did very, it was very well on that. Rip. It was a good sense of Just the <laughs> poorly... Poorly, it was almost Wii U-esque as far as how it was sold to consumers. Yeah. Um, but that is coming out in the fall of 2020. Um, it's uh, It just came on the Switch's little Nindy thing they had this week. Um, I know they don't call them Nindies anymore, but it was too clever a name to give away, in my opinion. Um, I know this will come to other systems uh, when it's like announced, because he, he released it basically for everything. I think he even released it for phones, if I remember right. Um, but... I can only imagine good things from this game. I saw the trailer. Um, it got me super hyped for it. It's a little bit more um, pleasing to the eyes with the color palette. It's not so dark and dreary as uh, Axiom Verge, the first one, was. Um, which I get it. I think he was going more for like a Super Metroid vibe. Because um, that's how it feels. And later Metroids brought a little bit more color into everything. Um, but really, I can only expect that this is going to be a good game. Uh, my, uh, second one that I saw on there, and there's a bunch of other ones. If you guys want to, there's a good article on IGN about it. I'm just kind of calling out the few that I look, I'm very interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a golf story Two sequel. Um, this is an Australian developer called sports uh, story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, sidebar games is who makes it in Australia, but golf story was a, uh, an indie game that came out. I believe it was it was either last year or the year before to very very good critical praise and commercial success for Nintendo uh, indie game and now yes you're right it's called Sports Story this time around uh, where you're not just playing golf now you're gonna be playing tennis uh, volleyball uh, apparently there's gonna be some dungeon crawling um, some sneaking That's missions weird. mini games so I played a bit of this game. I didn't get too heavy into it. Yeah. Um, but it is a very quirky game on how it's it's very much an an RPG in the vein of a JRPG, but mm -hmm. golfing. That's kind of weird. It's, weird concept. It is very weird, but it works out very well. And the writing is hilarious. So is it like, like do you have progression and you have yeah. like upgrades and yep. stuff? That you, you get eat? like special clubs and all oh. this stuff. 
to like basically like do better, hit the ball better, and it's all done on this like really cool retro 2D platform that's got like a 3D mechanic on it. Huh. Um, it's a very interesting game to check out. I got it on a sale uh, before. I didn't. Like I said, I didn't dive too, too far in it. Something else distracted me. Yeah. Um, but I still really enjoyed my little bit of time with it. I'd love to go back to it. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, another game is making me want to go back to Breath of the Wild right now. Breath um, of the Wild. I'm really heavily considering that, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, which I'm scared because I know I'm one of my presence is control yeah uh, my mom oh, got it for me control. and i'm really looking forward Contr- to playing that control and re2 remake you gotta play both yeah. of them i want to play control first though because i've already played re2 yeah um Fair. but anyways I, I this is coming out if i remember correctly in the middle of this coming year so hopefully in the summer i think that's a good summer game uh like a golf game uh so i'm, I'm actually pretty excited for that cool uh, next we have Bayonetta and Vanquish both getting a bundle, uh, for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One coming February 18th, 2020. So they're porting both games into one package essentially and, and giving it to you. I've never played Bayonetta, but Vanquish, I played the demo for Vanquish on Xbox 360. I thought it was interesting. Vanquish but, was cool, man. But I never got into it. Like Platinum Games has done this really interesting thing where they've released a lot of interesting games i've just never gotten into them personally i don't so bayonetta i actually i really do love the first one but the second one just far outpaces it in almost every way yeah um so i i still would always recommend playing this on a switch because that's what you're gonna maybe be playing another game eventually on the switch um vanquish is really hard to find uh so i would definitely pick this up just for vanquish alone because I enjoyed it. I don't know what the price is yet. If it's like... 40 bucks, I think. If it's 20 I'm okay with it. 40 I'm not. Um, I, I don't think it's worth the 40 Because Bayonetta, the original, looks a little rough um, at this point. Because it was very early into the PS3, Xbox 360 days. It's 40 bucks. Yeah, I don't support that for price. The bundle. Yeah, I don't support that price at all. Um, Vanquish is actually a decently early PS3, Xbox 360 game too. But for a port, that's not terrible. I mean, yeah, I mean, they've released worse for sixty dollars. They have. I just, I don't like. I mean, if I, if it was twenty, even thirty, I could even handle. I'm sure it'll probably be on sale. On sale. But these are two great games. If you don't have a Switch, I would definitely pick this up. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't recommend it if you do because you're just buying Vanquish. Yep. Uh, but still, both tremendous games that you'd have a lot of fun with. Agreed. So this has been an extremely long news segment, and we knew we had a ton of news stories. This is the final one. 2K has announced a new studio with the announcement that they're called Cloud Chamber, and they're developing a brand new Bioshock game. It's so going to be infinite because we, it's in the clouds. Yeah, <laughs> We were literally just talking about this last week as well. It's crazy. All this stuff we were just talking about came back up this week. Uh, so obviously this brand new studio is focused on Bioshock, but uh, the interesting thing is, is they've been working on it for a couple years already. Jason Schreier actually reported it's kind of funny that 2K is just now announcing this because they've been hard at work for like two years now. So it's very possible in the next two to three years we'll see something from this, uh, possibly the re- game releasing in two to three years. Um, but I'm very interested to see how Bioshock um, changes after Infinite. And 
Also, the change of hands, because obviously Ken Levine is no longer involved. He's doing his own thing at Ghost Story Games, which when the hell are you going to announce your game, Ken Levine? Because it's been freaking same, years. Sa- same day as Bioshock. The next Probably, one yeah. Just to steal so, the thunder. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I really hope that 2K can uh, kind of uh, shepherd the Bioshock series into a next generation and not fall flat like, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda, like... EA did which it very well could um I I still am hopeful because again I really enjoyed Infinite Mm -hmm. I thought it ended that essential trilogy on a high note in my opinion just how it concluded um but I get people's criticisms of it now these days but still I I am hopeful for the next entry into the series yep don't do a reboot though no, I don't need a reboot. No, we don't need. You a can't. Reboot. You can't do that. You can't undo that twist. Yep, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, games we're playing. I'm just going to go super quick past mine because it's an obvious one, and we're running super. We've already extended this considerably, so I'm still playing Halo Reach MCC. Still loving it exactly as I remember. Xbox One X makes it 60 frames per second. It's awesome experience. Played it on PC a little bit. That was a lot of fun as well. Um, so. Yeah, still enjoying that. Uh, so I did check out the Mario uh, Super Mario Maker uh, new content uh, as far as playing Zelda. Really enjoyed it. The music just freaking brought me back. Gave me chills playing that. Like, that's the, honestly the only thing I even wanted to do. What was that uh, level you were playing that had a custom song? Oh, cu- uh, they played Nirvana's te- Teenage Spirit yeah. uh, in Mario music. That's crazy. It, it's just insane how people create these levels. Yeah. Um, that is something I love about Super Mario Maker is just finding these things. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that might be one of my top Switch games of the year. Uh, which is something we'll cover as far as our top games and all that stuff at some point. Yeah. Um, but... The big thing I want to talk about, and I apologize if I go over on this a little bit, but I finally have been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh. Uh, we got a thunder draw right here. Yes. Uh, I am Wait, loving we it. We have a thunder draw. I have a thunder draw. Yeah, but if I... Your name ain't on that. Don't you do freaking it. break that. <laughs> um, so I am really liking it. Yeah. Um, I do have a few points of criticism, uh, but as far as the comments, I really enjoy just the depth of of the world itself, um, how large it really does feel, um, especially as Aloy. Um, You're this young girl that's not very sure of yourself and not very sure of your comings, um, and just trying to explore the world that you've never really seen before besides one area is really cool because she's seeing it for the first time too. Um, The enemies themselves, uh, as far as the robots, I'm not a fan of hunting the humans. Yeah. I don't think they interact as well with you. Um, but the robots are such a cool, fun battles. Mm. Um, I told you this the other day. I accidentally ran into a Thunderjaw. Yeah. Did not know it was going to happen, and it took me like 15, 20 minutes to battle it. Yesterday, uh, actually, uh, or maybe it was two days ago, I uh, accidentally came across a, a Stormbird. And I literally, I was, the entire time, I'm like, I have way too many supplies. Mm-hmm. I ran out of supplies, and so I had to start using the slingshot because oh it just took so long to get it down. But, it, like, the entire time, it felt so intense. It really gave me that sense of victory, too, like Dark Souls. Um, my criticisms are the dialogue is just really MMORPG-type stuff that just does not fit right with that game. I think Ashley Birch is a very good... She's a great voice actress. Yeah. And they just, I don't think, give her enough to deal with. It seems very stoic. Um, I don't 
I don't want to say hate. I want to say loathe. The map, I'm going to kill it. Uh, so I, as soon as Daniel was watching me play it the other day, I was like, am I playing Assassin's Creed Unity? Uh, because Unity's biggest criticism at initially before the glitches came to light right. was its map because all these things kept happening. And then like I just panic on the map because there's so much to do even though there's not really that much to do so i did not like how that's at all structured i really hope when the sequel gets announced um that that's fixed but yeah i mean honestly uh you were completely right very fun game uh i'm glad i did not play it though during the breath of the wild stuff because i know it came out three days before breath of the wild that was a mess and breath of the wild obviously does a lot of things similar to that game but i think better Mm. uh too um, and I'll kind of update you guys. I know Daniel hadn't played the DLC, but I did get the complete version. So I'm going to check that out once I kind of finish the main campaign. Cool. Just to see what it's all about. Yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the DLC. Uh, so we're finally done with all that. We're going on to the topic of the show. We are Which, going... I think the topic of the show basically was the news. This well, is the end. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, that is true. We spent most of the time yeah. on that, but... Anyways, our topic is the Game Awards predictions. So tomorrow, I believe at 8.30 Eastern Time, uh, Jeff Keighley is doing his annual Game Awards show. Uh, you have to respect what Je- Jeff Keighley does. He does this uh, out of his own love of video games. He, he restarted this show after Spike TV went out of business, and he did it with his own money uh, initially. So really excited to kind of see what announcements we get tomorrow. He obviously overhypes it way too much sometimes and says, like, we got some huge things, and then ends up being, eh. But we have had some years where it's some big things announced, like Batman, uh, I believe Arkham City was announced Arkham City on, was, yeah. at the Game Awards. So maybe, leading into my first prediction, we will get Rocksteady on stage to announce their next game. I can will it into existence. Wait, they're going to be on stage? Yeah. At the Game Awards. Like, the developer's just going to come on the stage and say, here's our game? Yeah, they've done that. <laughs> have, you, have you not seen yeah. the Game Awards? Yeah. You're you're living in a pipe dream. I'm willing it into existence. If anyone watches my E3 predictions on my personal channel, you will know that I've literally predicted that Rocksteady would announce their next game in the last three E3s, and they haven't announced it. So, this is literally just a running joke at that point. So, that was my first prediction. Um, uh, so my first one is, uh, that we're going to get a couple of DLC update. Um, so if I remember, was this shown off at the last one or no, uh, this was shown off at the XO event from last year, 2018. Yes. I think um, so. but we didn't hear anything about it at this year's XO event. Um, we did hear stuff about, at, I believe right after E3 that it was being delayed, a little bit just to give them time, which I think MDHR deserves all the time they need, mm-hmm. um, especially with that studio being so small. But I would love to see some sort of update about this from Xbox side just to let us know, hey, it's coming at this time this year. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I just want to play it. I also think with this, they're going to announce day and date with Nintendo Switch, the DLC. Really? I be- I believe they will launch them both at the same time. I think that makes sense. I mean, yeah. they're, they're both on, on each platform now, and you, you wouldn't think that the DLC would take that much so, effort. I know Xbox is not a numbers person unless it's like sales of their games, I, but I'm really hopeful that eventually they announce how many 
um, customers bought their Switch games as far as Ori and um, Cuphead. I just would be very curious to see what that investment was from consumers. I think the only way you would get those numbers is if Nintendo gives them. I don't think Microsoft's going to give those numbers. Yeah, I know. I'd still love to see it, though. Yeah. Uh, my next one is, I think we'll see some Elden Ring gameplay. So Elden Ring is the next game from From Software, and we got an announcement, I believe, was that at, uh, E3, or was that at last Game Awards? It was E3. It was E3, yeah. yeah. So, I think we'll see some gameplay from that game, and possibly a firm release date for that game, because... From Software has been cranking out titles that people love, and uh, Dark Souls Three, I know, and uh, Bloodborne, and then uh, Sekiro, Sekiro. Just this year was yeah. very loved, and and they have multiple teams. So I would not be surprised to see gameplay and an announcement of a release date. So obviously, I'm not interested in this because I almost broke my controller playing just Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which isn't even close. Well, we don't we don't know though if the if it's necessarily gonna because FromSoft has has done quirky things before to it and this is if i remember right um peter jackson's involved or is this guillermo del toro uh, it's think, some famous director that's involved with this i think it is peter jackson okay uh with this whole thing so i mean no we, no 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 george r r martin george r r martin that's what it is okay yeah. uh so not a famous director just somebody that can't write a book yeah. and conclude a series yeah um but no i i, I think that's probably a safish bet just yeah. because FromSoft actually has shown up at the Game Awards before True. Uh, with uh, DLC talk, especially with Dark Souls 2 and 3, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, so my next one is my pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. I want a ban out of 3 update. Yeah. That's all. Nintendo's not going to give it to us. Yeah. Somebody give it to us. You announced this two to three years. I still can't remember when. Yeah. But you announced this at the Game Awards. Gave us a logo, everything. Hey, she's coming back. That's the last thing we heard. You hear that, Jeff Keighley? We want the <laughs> world exclusive. Yeah, I just, I was so stoked when I found out about that. I wasn't even going to buy the Bayonetta collection. Yeah. Because um, that was also announced at the same time. But then I'm just like, God, I love those games. Those were so much fun. I wanted again. So, like, I, pl- I got them and I played them again. It's like, okay, that was two years ago. Where's my Bayonetta 3? Yeah. Like, I, 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 or at least give me an update. How about that? Just get an update for it. Yeah exactly uh my next one is i think we will see gears tactics gameplay and a release date set in 2020 and more specifically i think we will see it in summer so gears tactics was announced alongside gears 5 uh back in 2008 gears pop right they were all three and gears pop yes all three and obviously gears pop and gears 5 are both already out and that was back in 2018. Now, fast forward 2020, uh, I think we'll finally get a solid release date for the summer. And this sounds interesting just on the premise of uh, people who like the XCOM series because it's very similar to that type of experience. It's a turn-based strategy game. Um, and I'm intrigued to see how well this game does. It's being made by uh, quite a few people. It's being collaborated uh, by, by a few different developers. And I'm just interested to see if, like, Gears has the popularity to go and spin off on on its own thing, kind of like Halo did with Halo Wars. But 
I kind of feel like Halo Wars is going to be a bit more successful than something like Gears Tactics because I feel like the genre limits it to a certain audience that may not necessarily be into Gears, but may be into that. XCOM um, is a very different RTS type of game than a traditional one like an Age of Empires or a Halo Wars. True. Um, or even, hell, uh, and, Advanced Wars. And Splash Damage is the one that's making, uh, making Gears Tactics, which... Splash Damage, if you don't remember, made that uh, awful game called Brink by Bethesda back in 2011. Amazing Disney movie that could be on your Disney Plus right now. Disney Disney movie? Yeah. Oh, It's like that hardcore inline skating movie. I know what you're talking about now. (laughs) But, yeah, that's my next prediction. Uh, So, uh, my next one is what we alluded to earlier. So... The Ghost of Tsushima uh, trailer is uh, concluding tomorrow mm. uh, from what they gave us on State of Play. So I think we're going to get a few things. I think with that, we're going to finally see gameplay, see what this game is really doing with the action stuff. Yep. Um, I think we're going to get a release date of 2020 in the fall. Um, or not, sorry, maybe a release window is better to say, not a release date. Release and window. I think it's going to be cross-platform. Really? Initially sold as being a PS4 game, but they're going to eventually start, and this maybe is outside of um, the conference, but start marketing this as also a PS5 game. So do you think it'll come day and date on both platforms? Yes, but technically everything comes day and date That's that's from behind because of backwards compatibility well no my question is is do you think that it's going to launch uh like with the oh that'll be an exclusive yeah that that's interesting like for instance halo infinite is launching with scarlet but it's also coming to xbox so the only thing i'll say that i don't believe that is because it is incredible like xbox uh or microsoft took a very big risk by launching their console with an unproven ip uh in halo uh so with an uh, unproven ip yeah for halo when they launched back in 2001 oh i thought you were talking about infinite i, was I like, said what? X- i said xbox okay that's your you know that's what? your favorites for the names xbox's naming schemes are so confusing <laughs> i don't know what we're talking about xbox one <laughs> xbox it's all confusing that's that's on them yeah that's true <laughs> at least playstation just dumped it down that, for us hey you get the one two, fair three. enough um but that that was such a risk at that time to have an unproven ip right. i don't know if sony goes that route gotcha. um because even Killzone Shadowfall did not sell gangbusters, but that was still an IP known. Right. So, I, I don't know. I, I could see it either which way. I just think it'll be in the fall. Cool. Uh, my last prediction is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I think we will get gameplay for, and I think it will obviously launch on Xbox One, PC, uh, February 11th, which they've already announced. Uh, but I also think we will get a future release date for the nintendo switch and nintendo remember has a tradition of showing quite a bit at the game awards they really like jeff Keighley, and they show a lot of stuff for him um so this is why i think this will appear in a segment for nintendo not necessarily for microsoft um, I think they will announce a release date of maybe like summer 2020. Or well, technically Xbox later. still owes them an online shout out because yeah. uh, Nintendo infamously shouted out, hey, if you want to play Banjo-Kazooie, 
Exactly. There's your Xbox. There's Xbox technically owes them tit yeah. for tat that type of thing and that's something that's a great point that they've done stuff like that so m- maybe microsoft does return yeah. the favor in this sense where they're announcing a release date it's just going to be a little I'll later be so than happy Xbox if that comes to the switch yeah. yeah do you think in 2020 though i think so yeah. okay that's what that's i what think I'm it'll hoping. be out i think the switch version will be out before scarlet so. I'd be down for that. That was like yep. a summer game. Yep. Because I, I just yep. now love that franchise. Uh, my last one, I think, is a safe bet because we were just talking about Nintendo. Yep. I think we are going to get the next Super Smash Brothers character for the DLC pack. Um, Who is it? I couldn't that, tell you. Couldn't you, tell you. Nope. You got to predict it right now, live on the show. What character? Hmm. And it can be anything. It could be a Microsoft IP. It could be Nintendo IP. It could be sony ip so, we even have metal we have i snake my my long shot yeah and because i think he'd fit in perfectly is crash crash which they just they have cra- to crash never had him yeah. they never had him in playstation's battle royale yeah he's not technically a sony mascot even he's though, owned by activision yeah, even though he is looked at as that i think crash would be a great one yeah. to have in that um i don't think spyro i know a lot of people do but obviously it's the last part of the dlc pack um Nintendo is known for showing off DLC stuff during the Game Awards and saying it's out now yeah. as well um, because that's what happened with the Breath of the Wild DLC where we got to ride the bike and everyone's like, holy crap. Yep. Um, so I, I think that's a pretty safe bet that we probably will get the last character announced. Cool. All right. Well, that's the end of the show, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out. Um, remember, look, we've got brand new T-shirts. You can buy it on our show. Oh, wait, we don't have a store. Well, Never hold, mind. hold on. We were just talking about the Game Awards. Did you just play the music? Yeah, I did. Well, Who do you think is Game of the Year? Game of the Year, I think Game of the Year is the Outer Worlds, as okay. I've discussed on this podcast before. So I have a tie of two games I haven't played, but I'm so excited. Okay. It's Control and RE2. I think right. they have the best chance. All right. A lot of people are pulling for Smash Brothers, and I get it. It technically fit in for them. I yep. just I don't think it's Smash. And, and Control did win IGN's game of the year. Yeah, they so did. Shout out to them. Uh, thank you guys for watching live. Uh, remember, you can join us live each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time live on YouTube. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out, and much love, and keep on gaming. Deuces.